You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit this morning. And you know, I always like to give you on Sunday mornings just a little bit of a, a backstory, how we got to the message that we're going to preach, just so you can understand how I got from A to B, glory to God. And, and last Saturday, I was praying about the message. And when I say praying, I wasn't back in my you know prayer closet shutting myself away, even though there are times for that. But Brother Hagen said something to uh, us as students a long time ago, and it was just a revelation to me. He said this, he said, I never pray longer than five minutes, and I never go five minutes without praying. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What was he saying? He's saying, I do what Ephesians 4 talks about. I pray all the time. Yeah. Amen. And it's good to pray all the time because God's always with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, always wanting to teach us, guide us and direct us and reveal things to our hearts. And so I was just walking around the house, picking up, trying to avoid Legos or whatever it was. And God just began to minister to me about ministering to you about the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I was kind of, you know, turning around on the inside thinking, you know what, God, do you really want me to talk about the Holy Spirit on Sunday morning? And I, I, I take when Pastor Mark and Pastor Rhonda allow me to stand in this pulpit, I take it with a really place of seriousness because I've got to hit a home run every Sunday. And the reason why I got to hit a home run is because I don't get to stand here next Sunday, amen. I got one shot. Hallelujah. So when God speaks to me, I'm like, is that what you really want for them? You know, is it right, Lord? Be sure to tell me it's right so I know exactly what I'm doing. And then we came to church on Sunday morning and pastors said, God is emphasizing three things in our church this year. He said, faith, the believer's authority, and the Holy Ghost. And when he said that on the inside of me, I was like, wow, we got it. Praise God. Amen. I knew I was on the right course and God will do stuff like that to confirm it. So this morning we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Ghost has a job. And we have to know what that job is. Because if we don't know what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do in our lives, there's two things that will happen. Number one, we won't recognize it when he's doing it. Amen. Amen. Number two, we won't have an expectation for him to do it. So if you don't know what he's supposed to do when he's trying to do it, you're going to disregard it because you don't know what he's trying to do. And if you don't know what he's supposed to do, then you can't believe God for it in your life. Amen. I'll say this. Everything God does is by faith. This is why the Bible says he's he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Right now, you have the ability to believe God. Amen. And so you just believe God as we talk about the job of the Holy Spirit. You believe God that the Holy Ghost wants to do that in your life. And not only does he want to do that in your life, but you're going to let him do it in your life. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So let's get after it. Number one, number A, number B, whatever you want it to be, because I'm going to be about three minutes into this and forget what number we're on. So hallelujah. The first thing that the Holy Ghost wants to do in our life is he wants to lead us and guide us. Amen. He wants to lead us in God. As John 16, 13 says, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own, but he will speak what he hears and he will declare to you what is to come. I love this so much. First of all, understand when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's not speaking what he wants to say to you. He's speaking what God is saying to you. And what the Holy Spirit says to you can be trusted. Amen. And the reason why he can be trusted is because he doesn't speak of himself. He speaks what the Father says. John 14, 16 through 17. And he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Let's stop right there. The Holy Ghost is always with you. What does that mean? You can never say in any situation, I don't have any help. It doesn't matter if you have man's help, if your family's with you, if the world's with you, if your job's with you. You've got God and he's always with you. Woo, come on now. He's always with you. So that means in every situation, you can know what to do. 
Big situations, small situations, life-changing situations, insignificant situations. He's always with you in every situation, willing to lead you and guide you if you'll let him. Hallelujah. So he's always with us. I'll never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Who what? Who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. I love this next part. But you know him. Jesus, hallelujah. He's not just saying the pastor knows him. He's not just saying the evangelist says no. He's saying you know him. Amen. What does that mean? Because the devil loves to try to convince you and convince the church that we don't know God and the Holy Spirit can't lead us. That's a lie. You do know him. The Bible says you are his sheep and he is your shepherd and you what? Know his voice. Hallelujah. And so right now you need to be confident that you can hear the voice of God. You need to have faith that God can lead you and lead your life. You've got to know that God can guide you and take you down the route you're supposed to go. You know, if you've ever been white water rafting, which we used to do in the youth ministry until Pav almost died, and then we're like, ah, maybe we don't do that anymore. Hallelujah. But when you get in the raft, and the reason why he almost died is because when you get in the raft, you get a guide. And that guide knows exactly which part of the rivers to take you that is safe, amen. And Pat, he was put in a, a raft with like six 12-year-old girls. <laughs> you know, they all about the size of my left leg, praise God. And so when the guide's like, row this way, they're all trying to row and they're not going anywhere, hallelujah. At that moment, the river was in charge, hallelujah. So it flipped the raft and I was like, Lord Jesus, they're all going to die, hallelujah. But they jumped in and saved them. But my point is, is you got a guide to show you which way to go. And if you will listen to that guide, you'll stay safe. He'll protect you in all your ways. Amen. The Holy Spirit's job is to guide us so God can keep us. Amen. Amen. And you know what? This is easy to do. Someone say, I know him. Hallelujah. Now write this down because it's going to bless you. Pull out your phone. If you're texting, stop it and go to your notes. (laughs) If you're on Facebook, shame on you. (laughs) Praise God. But go to your notes and write this down. The Holy Spirit said this. The Holy Spirit is our guide, not our excuse. Mm, Y'all felt that? The Holy Spirit is our guide, not our excuse. What does that mean? You can't use the Holy Spirit to get out of something that you no longer want to do. You can, whoo, come on now, Ted, there it is again, baby. Hallelujah, we coming down to preach to Ted because he's the only one that's with me in that moment. The rest of you are like, nah, uh <laughs> Glory, you can't use the Holy Ghost as your excuse. He's your guide, not your excuse. Here's somebody say, well, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me not to serve in church. Child, please. <laughs> come on. Come on. Now, y'all, hallelujah, you don't want me to stop there, praise God. Well, I just feel like he's telling me to take a step back. Show me that in the Word. Because there's something about the Holy Ghost. He'll never take you a different direction from the Word of God. He's always going to lead you and guide you the way that God wants you to go. And if you're unsure about where he's taking you, just go back to the word of God. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to serve in our local body. Y'all get with me and I'll get off your toes now. Amen. I had a student tell me one time, he was in a relationship with a girl, and he said, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to get out of this relationship so I can focus on school. And I looked at him, I said, okay, if you're going to break up with this little girl because God's telling you to, he doesn't want you to date anymore, I don't want to see you dating someone next week. 
I don't want to see you dating somebody next month. I don't want to see you dating someone until you graduate because you said the Holy Spirit told you to focus on school, so you're going to get out of this relationship. Can I get a witness? Amen. The Holy Ghost ain't your excuse to get out of something you don't want to be in. Mmm. Woo! See, so many, and this is what happens. We use him as our excuse, so when he's trying to guide us, we don't know what it's really like. We, we've put something false in the place of the true voice of God, and now we can't discern his voice because we've been using him as our get-out-of-jail-free card. Amen now. He will guide you. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to be led by your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You're not supposed to be led by your body. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen, because the Spirit of God will inspire you when your body's not feeling inspired. Amen. What's a good example? Church this morning. Anybody's body wake up out of bed and be like, whoa, I'm going to church, baby. My body didn't wake My body woke up and said, church. My soul woke up and said, bed. If your soul woke up and said, church, hallelujah, then baby, tell me what you're doing because I need some help. My body was like, you got to be kidding me. But guess what? I'm not led by my body. I'm not led by my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. Did you know, if I can for a moment, tell you, your mind's back crazy. Why does the scripture tell us to renew our mind? Because that thing be dirty. And it needs some help, hallelujah. I, I love this. You know, when I went in to get a, a, a surgery on my lower back, hallelujah, they, they put the IV right in here. And I'm not good with this type of stuff anyways. And she's like, I'm going to poke you with a needle. I'm like, you what? <laughs> she's like, I'm going to poke you. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know. And so she put it right there. And I could feel it on this bone. You know, if you're going to give me an IV, give it to me in my arm, hallelujah. Or, or maybe just hit me with a stick first and knock me out and then give me the IV. But I could feel it in my hand. And since I could feel it in my hand, I just got real lightheaded and I blacked out. And it seemed like an eternity. But in that, that three to five seconds that I blacked out, I had this dream that I was being chased by zombies and it was the apocalypse. And, and I was being attacked and, and they were overwhelming me and taking me over. And the doctor's shaking me and he's like, wake up, wake up. And when I finally woke up, I thought he was a zombie. I was like, get away, devil. You know, I rebuke you. Hallelujah. And then I hear my precious wife in the background, Robert. Baby, it's going to be all right. The voice of reason coming from the sidelines, hallelujah. But what's my point? In just that three seconds, my mind had gone completely sideways, full tilt on me. I can't be led by my mind. My mind's so inconsistent. My will is so inconsistent. But the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit is completely pure because he's saying what God is saying to you. So it's consistent every time because God is consistent. And so over here in Romans 8, 14, it says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Or you can say it this way, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. We're not led by our bodies. We're not led by our soul. What are we led by? We're led by the? Mm, like 10%. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're led by the? Spirit of God. Amen. He wants to lead us and guide us, not in some things, but in all things. 
Amen. To protect us and to keep us safe. Some examples of people being led in the Bible, Luke 4, 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and what? Was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Acts 8, 29 says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, what's he doing? He's leading him. He said, go over and walk along beside the chariot. Acts 13, 2, it says, while they were yet worshiping the Lord and fasting, that's what Jim was talking about, when you get close to him. Amen. When you worship him, when you praise him, now he can really speak to you. Amen. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them unto. So God was trying to lead them. And guess what? Just like God was leading them, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to lead you. If the Holy Spirit led Jesus, he wants to lead you. If the Holy Spirit led the disciples, he wants to lead you. If the Holy Ghost was their guide, then he's my guide. Because he doesn't change. Amen? And when he's trying to lead us and guide us, it's always for our benefit. I remember one time we were up in Indiana and we were at this festival that they do. We used to go up there every summer to hang out with Rachel's grandma and, and spend time with her. And we'd go to this, uh, I forget what, days of festive or festive days or somebody was being festive. Hallelujah. And so we're sitting there in the evening and they got these hot air balloons and, and they were going up and stuff like that. And Samuel was about away from me. We're sitting in these little camping chairs and he was about at the front row. And just on the inside, the Holy Spirit said, call him closer to you. And, you know, we talked about the inconsistency of our mind. You know, this is the way God works. He doesn't minister to this. He ministers to the part of you that's eternal, the part of you that's connected to him. Because even though we worship him with our bodies and on the exterior, really you're connected to him in here. And whatever's happening in here, that's what we demonstrate out here. Amen. That's why when we're jumping around and getting excited, that's what our spirit man's doing. And so we're showing that to you guys. And so he ministered it to me. And I'm just like you. When he said, call him back here, my mind was like, why? Like, God don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> you know? And so he was just like calling back to you. And I began to reason with God. Did you know we're not supposed to debate God? Right now you got the Democratic debate going on and the Republican debate's going to start up. And what are they doing? They're debating to try to win your vote to be the leader of the nation in which we live in. You're not supposed to debate God who's supposed to lead your life. It is no debate. Amen. With God, is not a democracy. It's not up for vote, y'all. And if he gets enough votes, he can lead your life. That's not the way it works. <laughs> Amen. It's simply supposed to be, I am the leader. And this is what I wrote down. He is the leader. We are the follower. And there is no debate. But yet here I am debating God. <laughs> so as I'm trying to reason it out with God and explain to him why he's wrong, praise God. <laughs> uh, Samuel's out there playing, and he stepped on a piece of broken glass and cut his toe. And so, you know, he was like, he starts screaming, his toes bleeding. I run over there. And as I just told you in that previous story, that kind of stuff makes me weak anyways. Hallelujah. But there was an ambulance there because they were allowing kids to come through and look at it and turn on the lights and sound the horn. So I was like, I got to get him to the ambulance. So I pick him up and he's bleeding. And I'm trying not to faint because I don't like blood. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. You know, and I just chuck him in the ambulance and then pass. No, I didn't really do that. But anyways, I got him to the ambulance and they put a band, they cleaned it, put a bandaid on it. But isn't it interesting, something so simple as call your son back to you and let him play a little closer, would have protected my son. So what was he trying to do? He's trying to lead us, trying to guide us. Why? For our benefit. Not because he wants to control us, but because he wants to bless us. See, if you stop looking at it, if you look at it as control, then you rebuke it and you resist it. Mm, where are you at? <laughs> Thank you, praise God, for that one right. <laughs> if you look at it as control, you'll resist it. But if you look at it as him trying to bless you and protect you, 
then you'll invite it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, God's always trying to take care of us. Amen. John 14, 16 says, I'll ask the Father to give you another advocate to help you. Amen. He wants to help you. I remember that same trip. We were coming back from Indiana, and I was driving down Sullivan Street. We're right over there by that traffic light. And, and I was just a few hundred feet away from the traffic light. And we left uh, Indiana a little later than normal. It's an eight-hour drive. And so we hung, hung out with her grandma a little longer than usual. And so we were coming back, and it was about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we're coming down Sullivan Street. And the Holy Spirit right inside here. Now, listen, this was no burning bush. Amen. He wasn't ministering to me the way he ministered to Moses. He, you know, he didn't set Rachel on fire and she was like, slow down. I mean, it wasn't nothing like that. It's just this small, still voice on the inside of me, slow down. Amen. And that's how God's going to lead you most of the time. I understand we can have those Saul experiences on the road to Damascus where the Holy Spirit knocked him on the butt, put blinders on his eyes and told him exactly what to do. But that's not the way God's mostly going to guide you. That's how he guided Paul in that specific instance. But most of the time when he guides the believer, he's going to use the Holy Ghost because they didn't have the Holy Ghost in them. You do. It's what Jesus said. I'll send the Holy Ghost. He's with you now, but soon he'll be in you. Amen. So he just spoke to my heart and said, let off the gas. Well, I knew the day before I didn't listen and Samuel cut his toe. So I was like, God, I got you. You know what I mean? I done learned. Hallelujah. So I didn't even hit the brakes. I just let my foot off the gas because he said, slow down. He didn't say stop. He said, slow down. Let my foot off the gas and started slowing down. And I remember Rachel, she looked over at me and she said, why are you slowing down? And I I just, I didn't really have an answer for because it was all happening so fast. And we pulled up to the intersection. We got right at the cusp of the intersection. And right when my car was right at the front of that, another car ran through their red light speeding through the intersection at 2 o'clock in the morning. If our vehicle wouldn't have slowed down, we would have been placed right dead center in the middle of that intersection. He's not trying to control you. He's trying to help you. Trying to guide you and trying to lead you. Amen. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, it came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Now, God can be in all those things. I love it when he ministers to me by the thunder. <laughs> Because then there's no confusion. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? But it's that gentle whisper that we struggle with sometimes. But I can tell you what will help you cut out the struggle. The closer you are to him, the louder the whisper is. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And if we'll stay close to him, it's easy at that point to discern what he's whispering to our hearts. It's easy to discern what he's saying in that moment. Amen. And this is not a complex process. It's something easy that all of us can do. One way to tell if it's the Holy Spirit that's leading you and guiding you is to determine whether there's peace in it or not. Because we serve the God of peace. Amen. Philippians 4, 7 says, then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds everything you can understand. I love that. His peace exceeds everything we can understand. What does that mean? When he's leading you by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter if you have to understand it or not. Come on now. Why? Because his leading and his peace is more powerful than your understanding. Amen. I heard one minister say it this way. He said, if I could understand God with my mind, would he be a God worthy of me following? If he only knows what I know, then why would I follow him? If he can only do what I can do, why would I follow him? He's so much greater than I am. 
And his understanding is far beyond what I can comprehend. Amen. So when he's guiding me, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It will exceed what I can understand up here. But if I follow peace, amen, if I follow the Holy Ghost when he's trying to lead me beyond my understanding, he'll protect me and keep me safe. Amen. If there's anything else in it other than peace, it's not God. If there's anxiety in it, if there's stress in it, if there's fear in it, if there's turmoil in it, it's not God. Amen. If you're about to get married and every time you talk about your spouse, you get sick. Oh, I'm going to marry that boy. You get a knot in your belly, you know, you feel like you're going to throw up or I'm going to marry him. And you're like afraid for your life and there's turmoil in it. Guess what? It's not God. Come on now. I'm not trying to throw shade, but this ain't rocket science. If you got a knot in your gut about the person you're going to marry, I would run. I don't care if you've been dating. There's something in our society where we feel obligated if we've been dating for three months or six months or a year or three years. If it ain't God, baby, it ain't God. Amen. Amen. He wants to lead you and guide you. All right. Praise the Lord. John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. I do not give as the world gives. I do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. See, if there's fear in it, it's not God. Hallelujah. John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Someone say peace. peace. And that whenever the Holy Spirit's leading us, there's peace. Amen. And it can be the craziest thing. I remember I was talking to one student. They were about to graduate. And they were, it was on their heart to move overseas. And that's a big deal. Just graduate in high school, move overseas to teach. And they were talking to me about it. And I said, do you have peace about it? Does it make you upset? Do you, does it make you afraid? Is there turmoil? Or do you have peace? And they said, yeah, it's just a calm on the inside. Well, then guess what? It's probably God telling you, amen. 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 Why? Because he is peace. Amen. Someone say he's peace. peace. Amen. Glory to God. God is peace and those that follow him have peace. Amen? Because that's who he is. The Holy Spirit, another part of what he'll do in our life is the Holy Spirit's job to teach us. <laughs> 1 John 2.27, he says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, that word right there, anointing, is the special endowment of the Holy Spirit. So you can read it this way. But as his special endowment of the Holy Spirit teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not a counterfeit, just as I have taught you, remain in him. So the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, amen? John 14, 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will, yeah, shout it out now. Praise God, be confident, <laughs> amen? But the Holy Spirit will what? Teach you, amen. But the, Holy, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, I love this, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said unto you. He'll bring all things I said unto you in remembrance. Now, I used to try to manipulate the scripture for my own benefit because I grew up as a PK. And so I would go into math class to take a math quiz. And I'd be like, all right, Lord, bring it to my remembrance. And the Holy Spirit's like, you don't know nothing. You didn't study. How, how am I going to remember and remind you of what you don't know? And we do that all the time. All right, bring the word to my remembrance. And the Holy Spirit's like, when's the last time you read the word? Mm, y'all laugh when I'm talking about me. <laughs> and then we go here and y'all just get quiet. 
See, because God wants to remind you of a word that's going to help you in your situation. He wants to remind you from something you've studied in here and all of a sudden your family's facing a crisis and God wants to bring a word to your remembrance by the Holy Spirit, but he can only do that if you first put it in there. See, it's his job to remind you of these things. It's his job to help you remember these things, to pull you through the other side so your faith will be made strong so you won't give in to the situation or the circumstance. But if you don't put it in, he can't remind you. Jesus said he'll put you in remembrance of all things I have said unto you. Amen. See, whenever it comes to following the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, being taught by the Holy Spirit, he has his job, but we have our job. Amen. And when the two of them work together, Pastor Hagen says it this way, it's the natural and supernatural coming together that makes an explosive force for God. Amen. It's you coming together with the Holy Spirit that's going to do something awesome in your life. Amen. So he wants to teach you Nehemiah 9.20. It says, you sent your good spirit to instruct them. Luke 12, 11 through 12. When, you brought, when you're brought before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, don't worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, Which things we also speak, not in, the word, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. So in Luke, he says, just stand up when you need to know naturally what to say, I'll tell you what naturally to say. And then over in the book of Corinthians, he says, just stand up when you need to know something spiritually, I'll tell you what to do spiritually. And so he's teaching us in all things, teaching us in the natural things. You know, he'll teach you how to be a parent. I believe God for that grace all the time, man. I left the hospital with the, t the child, and I was like, I'm not worthy. Y'all crazy giving this to me. You want me to take this home? Amen. Because, and I tell Samuel and Christian all the time, I'm like, yo, listen, I ain't done this before. Y'all need to chill. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Amen. But God will teach me. You know, we were here on Friday night, and we were praying for the Ecuador missions trip. And as I was praying for the Ecuador missions trip, the Lord showed me, almost in like a vision because my eyes were closed, and he showed me, he said, go home, lay your hands on your son, and pray in tongues. Okay. So I went home, told Rachel what we were going to do. We all sat down in the bedroom, laid my hands on my boys, and we prayed in tongues. I don't know what happened, but he's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my helper. If he said to do it, there's a reason. And that reason exceeds my understanding. I don't have to understand it. I know God's doing something. Amen. Why? Because he's always trying to help us. Amen. He wants to help us. Glory to God. Where'd we leave off? All right, so he'll teach you natural things and spiritual things. Thank you for that one person that tried to remind me. Hallelujah. He'll teach you all things. He'll teach you how to be a good employee, good father, Good mother, good son, good daughter, good follower of Jesus Christ. He'll teach you all things. The point is, you don't have to do this by yourself. John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not, I love this, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. The Holy Spirit can be trusted. Because he's not down here. The latter part of the scripture says, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Listen, he's not down here trying to glorify himself. Elcott's commentary about this above scripture says, the Holy Spirit's power to guide into the truth depends on the fact that he, like the son himself, will represent to the world the eternal truth of God. He too is subordinate to the Father. And his work is to seek the glory of him that sent him. See, the Holy Spirit was sent to help us, 
And his whole reason to help us is to glorify the Father. Because I hear people tell me this all the time, and the reason why this is important is because they back off of the leading and the work of the Holy Spirit because they're scared they're going to get something else. Well, if I open myself up for spiritual guidance, is a demon going to lead me? No. Because you're opening yourself up to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is that what he said over in Luke 9 and 11? He said, if you ask for bread, will he give you a scorpion? No, he said, when you ask for the Holy Ghost, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, amen? You're not going to get a counterfeit. You're not going to get something imitation. You're going to get the real deal, amen? And if that's what you're asking for, that's what God is going to give. Did you know, and I'll just interject this right now, demons can't lead you unless you let them. The devil can't just possess you unless you let him. Amen? So you can open yourself up to the Holy Spirit and not be afraid of something else coming in. Listen, I've ministered to a lot of people, and they're always concerned about praying in tongues because if I open myself up that spiritual way, what else am I going to get? You're going to get exactly what the Word of God said you're going to get, which is the Holy Ghost. And so there's nothing to be afraid of, amen? And I'm not afraid of his direction and his leading and his guiding and what he's teaching me because God is telling him what to say. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will never teach you something that contradicts God's Word. My dad used to say, this is the, the measuring stick for everything God's trying to do in your life. Amen. I, you know, and the Holy Spirit's not a homewrecker. I heard a story when I was in Bible school of a man. He said the Holy Spirit, he had a family, a, a wife and, and kids. And he said the Holy Spirit's telling me to be a missionary. So he left his family and went to be a missionary. Divorced his wife, left his kids and went to be a missionary. Listen, if the Holy Spirit's leading you that way, show me in the word where it says... Because the Holy Ghost isn't going to take you a direction that God doesn't want you to go. And I'd love to tell the individual, so I'll tell you, if God's called you, he's called your family. Amen. See, Robert's not in the ministry. The Conovers are in the ministry. Amen. Amen. And we're in this together. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so if you feel like God's leading you somewhere and you're unsure about it, then just go to the Word. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Someone said, that's good preaching. That's good preaching. I know it. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will never teach us something that contradicts or go against the Word of God. Amen. And so you can be very confident when He's trying to lead you, when He's trying to guide you, when He's trying to reveal things to you, when He's trying to teach you. Amen. And finally, we'll talk about this. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal things to us and to show us things to come. Acts 13, 2. It says, While we're worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul, which the work I have shown unto them. He was revealing unto them what they were supposed to do. Over here in Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but He, the Holy Spirit, prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Amen. And so when we don't know, have you ever been praying about something and you kind of get to the end of what you know to pray about and how to pray, but you feel like you're not done praying? Well, what do we do then? We begin to pray in the Spirit by the Spirit. This is why we believe in talking in tongues, because your spirit, man, has a language. Come on now, and it's a heavenly language. Just like Ecuador's got a language, just like Germany's got a language, just like the U.S. has a language, heaven has a language. And there's part of you that's connected to heaven, the part of you that's going to live forever. You think, you, you think when you get to heaven, your spirit man's going to be deaf, dumb, and mute? No, he's not. He's got a voice. Amen? And it's a heavenly voice. And guess what? You can't understand spiritual things in your natural mind. 
Glory to God. And so you've got to just begin to pray. And then when you pray, God will reveal things to you. Amen. Glory to God. I got so many illustrations for this. I remember one time Rachel and I, we were going to go out to dinner and, and, you know, we had to go fast. Uh, any married people ever played that game with your wife where you're trying to guess what dinner is? It's like my least fun game ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Baby, where do you want to go to eat? I don't know. All right. We're going to cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No, we're going to pizza. No, we're going to. And it's just no, 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 no. So you turn around and go home. Hallelujah. And so I made up my mind because we were on the clock. We finally got a babysitter, and we only had, like, you know, a, a little bit of time. And so I decided when we got in the car, I'm just going to let homegirl decide where we're going. And so I said, where do you want to go eat, Rach? And she said, I don't know. Let me ask God. <laughs> Baby, I'm hungry, and we're on the clock. Where do you want to go? Hallelujah. And so she just prayed for a minute, and I'm driving around. And then she looks at me, and she says, I feel like I, we should go to Applebee's and eat. Now listen, I'm not saying you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you in stuff like this, but if you will, he'll help you out. <laughs> Amen. And so we went to Applebee's, we ate, we enjoyed it, we had a good time, and then I asked the waitress for the check, and she said, oh, someone paid your tab. I said, baby, you prayed every time before we got to dinner. <laughs> Girl, you choose all the time now. Forget this process of elimination. You just ask God, and that's where we're going. <laughs> Amen. He'll reveal things to you that you do not know. I remember uh, it was a night before saturation service, and we were all praying up front. It was at the A-frame building. We're praying for the service, and we're all praying in tongues. And then all of a sudden, I begin to hear Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And it kind of startled me. I opened my eyes to see who was praying out Rachel's name, who's praying in English. And I'm looking around. Everyone's praying in tongues. Pastor B standing right next to me. I lean over, and I said, Mama, you hear the name Rachel? Someone's saying Rachel? And she looked at me as Mama does, and she goes, Baby, everyone's praying in tongues. I was like, all right, cool. Well, that was a Sunday night. On that Monday morning, Pastor and I jumped on an airplane to go to Taiwan for a week and then to go to the Philippines for a week. And so I was removed from everything. This is what he's talking about when he said they were praying and fasting. What does that mean? They were just alone with God. Hallelujah. When you're alone with God, he can reveal some things to you. Well, I'm in the Philippines, and this was a while ago. No cell phone, no internet. Just a dumb rooster, hallelujah, waking me up at 4 o'clock every morning. Man, I want to have me a chicken sandwich by the end of that trip. <laughs> They're going to come out and be like, where'd my rooster go? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that rooster would be crowing at 4 o'clock in the morning, every single morning, right outside my window. And so I wake up and I start praying on this. I say, Lord, I heard Rachel's name and I'd be praying on tongues and praying on tongues. That two-week trip while I was gone, the Holy Spirit showed me that I was supposed to marry Rachel. Now, this is cool. He revealed things to you that you don't know. And this is how he helps you. He knew that I was horrified of marriage. So he went out of his way to reveal it to me in a supernatural way so I could be comfortable with it. God is so good. And I wasn't afraid of marriage because I, I was supposed to marry Rachel. I wasn't made afraid of marriage because, y'all, that's a big deal. That's a lifetime decision. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, whatever. But for me, there, there's no way out. It's a big deal. You know what I mean? This is like the rest of my life. Hallelujah. It's got to be right. Because if it's not, it's going to be bad. <laughs> so I was scared out my mind. But it's amazing how God in his goodness went out of the way to reveal something to me. And this is what's so cool about it. When God reveals it, you can fight for it and hold on to it. Amen. And so we got back. She picked me up from the airport that night and I said, baby, we get married. 
you know, when God speaks to you, you're real bold and confident. Hallelujah. Before we left, you know, we was kind of flirting. I'd open the door for her. We'd go out with friends. I'd buy her food, and everybody else had to fend for themselves. <laughs> so there were signs, low-key road signs, you know what I mean? Anyways, hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit wants to help us in every way. His job is to lead, to teach, to reveal, to help. Our job is to follow and listen. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.